Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to ABC this morning. It's great to be with you. Uh, if we've not met before, my name is Chris. I'm the senior minister here at ABC, and it's just a great privilege for me to be kicking off this new series that we're starting today called uh, The Next Chapter. I want to welcome you again if you're engaging with us online today. It's great to have you with us as well. Now, it feels a little bit to us like we're entering into a new season, doesn't it? Maybe you're feeling that way about the whole COVID pandemic, that maybe things are, please God, just beginning to change a little bit, and maybe things are beginning to ease off in terms of restrictions and all that kind of stuff. Things are beginning to feel a little bit different, and maybe we're into the next chapter in the story of this pandemic. It feels a little bit like that to us around the church, if I'm honest, that maybe things are moving on now and we're into a, a next chapter, a new season uh, together. This is the first time that we haven't had a booking system since we've been back meeting on site. And it's great to see you all uh, here today, as well as it is great to have you online with us. So we feel like a new thing is happening, like there's a, a next chapter beginning. And in any good story, there are great chapters, aren't there? If you love watching a story in the form of a movie, or you love reading a story in a great book, or binge-watching a story on uh, Netflix or Prime, or whatever your uh, binge-watching box series provider of choice is, it feels like in all of those great stories that there are chapters, chapters where perhaps one scene draws to a close or one piece of action draws to a close and a new one begins. Well, that is true of the story of God, that there are chapters running through the story of God. And it's true of the story of the church too, the capital C church that's been going for thousands of years and an individual church like ours, a local church like ours here at Andover Baptist Church. And there are many amazing chapters in the story of God and in the story of this church as well. And some of you will remember some of those chapters going back a very long time. Others of us are a little bit newer into the story of ABC. But we have a sense that a, a new chapter is beginning. And so we want to start this series called The Next Chapter thinking about, well, what does that look like? What does that mean? What might God want to do in us and through us in this next chapter that's beginning? And we want to talk about how we all play our part in this new thing. And today, I want to start talking about the first and I think most important thing we need to do if we are ready to enter into this next chapter that God has for us in the story of Andover Baptist Church. The thing that we need to do, most important of all, in order to be able uh, to go with God into this new thing that God is doing. And to introduce what that theme is, I've been thinking today about following paths or, or going on great uh, uh, hiking adventures. And I wanted to tell you a story about a hiking adventure we went on with some friends of ours last June. And then I thought, well, rather than you sit listening to me telling you the story of this great adventure, let's hear the story from some other people who were there. And there were three young men who were with us on that trip. Tom, James, and Harry. And I thought it'd be great to hear from them about the story. So I've interviewed them, and we're going to watch them now telling us the story of that great adventure. So over to them. Now, I am really excited because I am here with Tom, James, and Harry to talk about an adventure we went on together with their mum and dad and with some other friends last June. And we went to climb a big mountain together in the Lake District. So I'm going to start with you, Harry, if that's okay. Why did we go up this mountain? 
He went up the mountain so we could remember police officers that died on duty. Yeah, that was amazing, wasn't it? What an amazing thing to do. James, how high was it? Because we had to climb quite a long way, didn't we? Yeah, it was 800 or so metres high. Yeah. Was it hard work? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find it hard? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Why was it such hard work? Because it was steep. Yeah, I remember that very well. So we had to climb up to the top of this mountain. Uh, Tom, why don't you tell us, how did we know where we were going? Yeah, so before we um, left, like we should be, um, you, we organised it so we knew the route we were going, we knew sort of what our aim was to get to the top, um, and we followed the map. Um, so. Yeah, that's how we knew where we were going. Excellent. That was so cool. So, Harry, tell us a little bit about what was the path like? The path was very steep at some points, but sometimes it was flat at the bottom. Yeah, and was it a bit rocky and bumpy? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who were we following when we went up the path? We were following all the adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and did Tom, he went quite a long way ahead, yes, didn't he? Tom so did go a long way. <laughs> so we knew where we were going because we had Tom and we had Dad, didn't we? Your dad up there showing us which way we were supposed to go. Yeah. So, James, from time to time, all of us, didn't we? We got a little bit tired doing this big climb. How did we keep going when we all got tired? Well, we had lots of other people there to support us, so we didn't feel as... Not determined. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they encouraged us, did they? Yes. Yeah. Did they play games with us as we went up to try and take our mind off the yes. path and the, how steep it was? Yes. And might we have had some fuel for the journey? Were there some sweets involved in getting us to the top? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So cool. And Tom, what, what was the best bit for you of the whole thing? Oh, there was lots of bits that were very good. So, uh, for example, the sweets on the way up, uh, the food at the bottom, uh, the food at the top, uh, the breakfast. Yeah, all of them were great things. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, just like at the top, the view of it, sort of when all the flares went off, that was really good. And uh, sort of the ah, of getting to the top of like you've accomplished it. So, yeah, that was a really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to tell you, we really enjoyed it. There's a photo behind us now of, of us all at the top, which was kind of my best bit because we'd done all the hard work by then. And we had such a good time. We camped out on the top, didn't we? Um, and it was the most amazing experience. But what really struck me about the whole thing was how having other people there to help us, having a path and a map to guide us and people we could follow was just such an important part of getting us to the top of it all. Well, I want to say thank you so much for coming and being part of my talk today and being interviewed for it and for making the adventure such a cool one. Thank you. Yeah. It really was a, a great adventure and uh, we love those kind of adventures. Ruth, my wife and I, we love um, climbing mountains, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I love the Ordnance Survey map app that I have on my phone and some of you will know that and there are other apps of course there are but the Ordnance Survey map app is brilliant because it not only can you plot your route and download it to your phone and follow the route it'll show you where you are GPS will show you uh, where you are you can do fly-throughs on the Ordnance Survey app so you can kind of get a pictorial image of, of where you're going and it's so much easier to know kind of what you're going to be facing and when you are facing it to recognize where you are if you've got a great map like that or you've got a great path to follow or, or you've been able to look at what it looks like before you get there. You know, following a path or a route is much easier if you can see what it's going to be like and if you can see where you're supposed to be going. You know, one of the things that uh, uh, 
Jesus does for us is he provides a way for us to know where we're going. You know, uh, following a life of faith or a life lived with God is so much easier if you can see what it looks like. Now, if you're exploring faith or you've got questions about God or you're not quite sure what you believe, wouldn't it be easier for you to answer those questions or to figure out what you're going to be getting yourself into if you could see what it was like, if you could see what a life of faith was going to be like? And if you are already a Christian, does it ever feel complicated to you? Does it ever feel like a bit of a struggle sometimes trying to be a Christian, trying to live a life of faith? How do we know what to do in certain situations or circumstances? And the truth is, for all of us, whether we're Christians or not, whether we're Christians or an explorer of faith, asking questions about God, life is hard sometimes. Things get complicated. What does it look like when faith is complicated or hard? Wouldn't it be good if we could see what it looks like? Well, I think that we can. Because this man called Jesus, God's son, in him we find a roadmap, a guide, an ordnance survey app, if you like, that shows us what a life of faith looks like, that shows us what the journey or path of faith looks like. And if we're going to live a life of faith, we need to learn to follow Jesus more closely because he is the roadmap and the guide. He is the path for us to follow. And Jesus' call, and this is really important, and I really want to say this loud and clear because if you're not yet a Jesus follower, if you're a faith explorer, this is so important that you understand this. Jesus' call is not to a set of rules or regulations. Jesus' call is to follow him and to walk in his footsteps, to follow where he has gone already, to follow the path that he is leading us down and the way that he is mapped out. And he is prepared to guide us if we let him. You know, we have a, a wonderful uh, lady in our church called Lynn, and Lynn is a great artist. And uh, Lynn has painted this amazing picture, and if you're here on site with us, it's in the lobby this morning, of following in the footsteps of Jesus, following the path that Jesus has already laid out for us. It's a great pictorial image of what the life of faith is all about. And you know, life is complex, isn't it? It can be tough. We need help. We need a guide. We need a well-mapped-out route. And in a complex world, faith can seem complicated. Perhaps that's why, if you're exploring faith, you haven't yet become a Jesus follower, because you're questioning rather than jumping in. Being a Christian can seem complicated, Maybe you hear Christians talking about being a Christian, and it just sounds like hard work, and it's difficult to understand. But I don't think it's supposed to be like that. If it was, if it was supposed to be complicated, it would be inaccessible to so many people, myself included. I think at its heart, Christianity is just really, really simple. It's about following Jesus and doing what he did. And one of the people who'd learned to do that was a guy called John some 2,000 years ago. He was a Jesus follower. He was one of Jesus' first friends, and he had learned to follow Jesus, and he'd gone from somebody who really struggled to do that to somebody who got to grips with it and understood what it really meant. And he, John, wrote an eyewitness account of Jesus' life, which is in the New Testament part of the Bible. But he was also involved in leading churches, in helping other people discover what he discovered. 
And he wrote three letters to those churches, which are also in the New Testament. And his letters make it clear that those churches were struggling with what it meant to follow Jesus. They were struggling with life. They were struggling with one another. And they were struggling with what it meant to be a Jesus follower. Sometimes they forgot what they were supposed to be doing. They messed up. They tried to overcomplicate things. They fell out over what they were supposed to believe or what they were doing. So John attempts in his letters to unite them around some key things and to remind them of what following Jesus is supposed to be all about. He encourages them to go back to the heart of it all. And in chapter 2 of his first letter, he gets them to think really simply about what it looks like if they're truly following Jesus. And he introduces them to three really simple concepts about what it means to follow Jesus. And just a quick shout out, if you want to go and find a summary of this talk or a link to the Bible passage, if you head to our website and to the blog section of our website, you'll find a blog that I've written about this talk, which summarizes it, has some links in it, and has some questions for you to ponder about this talk after uh, we've finished with it today. So head over there and find that uh, if that's helpful to you. So we're going to start in 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And here we're going to find this first concept of what it means to really follow Jesus. And our challenge today is how we can follow Jesus more closely. And these three, three things will help us do that. Number one is knowing God. Listen to this. John says, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. Now, it's really important to hear this. For John, knowing God is not an academic exercise. It's not, an, it's not abstract or speculative. This is not book knowledge that he's talking about. It is a lived experience. Knowing God for John is a lived experience. And we know that because of the way he links knowing God to keeping his commands. So this is not an academic exercise. This is about following Jesus. This is about living a life worthy of what God has called you to. He links knowing God to keeping God's command, to living in a way that honors God. You see, this knowledge is not book knowledge. It's about a lived experience. Knowing God, John says, has to reveal itself in the activity of everyday life. Activity that is consistent with saying that you know God and are following Jesus. You know, we've been so guilty in the church in the West over the last hundred years in particular, of making knowledge, academic knowledge, the end goal. Sometimes, sadly, sermons have become more like a lecture than an inspiration to follow Jesus. We've rated a great sermon or a great talk by whether or not the preacher told us something we didn't know before, rather than whether we were inspired and equipped to follow Jesus. We've talked about, in quotes, receiving deep teaching rather than the profound change that comes from simply following Jesus. You see, we've settled for passivity. Receiving deep teaching. Receiving is a passive way of doing the Christian faith. We've settled for passivity rather than an active, vibrant, lived-out experience of truly knowing God. John is really clear here 
that this is not the plan or the goal. John is going to come back to this in just a moment. But he's going to say later on, you can't claim to know God and then live in a way that makes you a hypocrite. You can't claim to know God and hate other people. You can't treat people in a way that is manifestly the opposite of the way God treats people. And I'm so, so sorry to say that some of the best educated Christians I have known are also the most horrible to people. And that is deeply inconsistent. It's hypocrisy. Well, then we get to the second concept. If the first concept is knowing God as a lived experience, the second concept comes in the next uh, verse. John goes on to say, But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus lived. This is how we know that we are in relationship with God. We must live as Jesus did. Or another translation of these verses say we must walk as Jesus walked. You know, the uh, Mishnah is a collection of thoughts and wisdom written down by Jewish rabbis from the period 200 BC to 200 AD. So that's kind of the, the, the era in which Jesus was around and the era in which John was around and John would have been writing. Those uh, writings, the Mishnah, still forms a key part of Jewish belief today. And in one part, known in English as the chapters of the fathers, there's an exhortation to learn from the wise and to powder yourself in the dust from their feet. And the picture that's kind of being painted there is of walking so closely in the footsteps of a rabbi or a teacher that you become covered in the dust that would have been kicked up from their feet in the ancient world when they walked along dusty paths and dusty roads, walking so closely to them that you're covered in the dust from their feet. Others have suggested that what the Mishnah means there is about being powdered, like powdering yourself, as you might do when applying makeup or foundation. Honestly, not something I have a huge amount of experience with. But that's the kind of con another concept people are suggesting the Mishnah is speaking about there. Others have suggested it's about sitting at the feet of your teacher as they teach you. Now, in commenting on this uh, section of the Mishnah, an author, Martin Sickler, a contemporary author, he says this. What is the sage or the author attempting to convey by his urging that one become covered with the dust of their feet? Some consider this to be reflecting the image of a group of disciples sitting on the earth at the feet of their master who is seated at a stool before them. Others, however, see it as urging the disciple to follow in the footsteps of their master wherever they go, figuratively as well as literally. In either case, the teaching must be understood to convey the idea that the disciple, the follower, should always remain within the ambit of their master's dust. Or influence. The teaching must be understood to convey the idea that the disciple or the follower should always remain within the ambit of their master's dust or influence. I personally love the idea of walking so closely in the footsteps of Jesus that the dust that he kicks up from his feet as he walks along the path powders me as I walk closely in his footsteps. 
I love that image, and I love how Lynn has been able to portray that image in that picture that I spoke about. What, whatever is being spoken about there, and whatever uh, John is talking about here, whatever it is, John is picking up on this teaching that he would have known, probably, the Mishnah's teaching, that following Jesus so closely is the way to live. Remaining in the ambit of Jesus' influence is the goal. So if the first concept was knowing Jesus uh, and knowing God as a lived experience, if the second one was walking closely in the footsteps of Jesus, the third concept about what it means to follow Jesus more closely comes as we fast forward a couple of verses to verse 9. It says this, Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. And John, you see, cycles back here to what he was alluding to earlier about what it really means to know God. You see, John is saying, again, you can't claim to know God, to be in the light, in the language that he's using here, and hate other people. God loves people. And to claim to know God and be obedient to him must manifest itself in how you treat other people. To treat others badly, to hate them, to abuse them, to do them down, to not demonstrate love to them is, in John's language, to be walking in the darkness. Following Jesus is about knowing God as a lived experience. It's about living as Jesus lived or walking as Jesus walked. And it's about loving others. You know, one of the chapters in the story of God that we really love around here is the chapters of the beginning of the first New Testament church in Jerusalem. And you find the story in Acts, the book of Acts in the New Testament, chapter 2. And that story is just a powerful story of what it meant to be church when church first started. And it begins in verse 42 of Acts chapter 2 with the words, they devoted themselves, the followers of Jesus devoted themselves They devoted themselves to to learning more about Jesus and how they could follow him. They devoted themselves to one another. They devoted themselves to prayer, and on and on it goes. See, this was their response to the sacrifice of Jesus and the equipping of the Holy Spirit, God's presence that had come on them. They devoted themselves. They devoted themselves to knowing God as a lived experience, to remembering Jesus and to loving and serving others. You see, it wasn't an abstract concept for them. It was a lived-out experience. They served one another and they served anyone who had need. They worked together to make Jesus known. They cared for others in practical ways. They met together and they inspired each other. They walked as Jesus walked. They did the things they had seen Jesus doing. And as we move into this next chapter in the life of Andover Baptist Church... Simply the best place and the most important place for all of us to start is to commit to devote ourselves to following Jesus more closely. To allowing him to be our director and our guide. To be navigating us through the path of life. To moving more closely to him so that we are walking ever more closely to where he walked And it's good, isn't it, to be reminded that the Christian faith is about following Jesus and growing to be more like him. 
That's why our mission statement here at ABC says we exist to love God, to love people, and to grow together to be more like Jesus. Because it's about walking where he walked, walking in his footsteps, remaining in the ambit of his influence. I just want to give you a few really practical ways that you can do that as I come in to land today. If you're not a Jesus follower, but you're wondering about how you can begin to start the journey of faith, how you can begin to start following Jesus, a great place to start is with the Alpha course which just introduces you to what Christianity is all about, allows you in a comfortable and relaxed environment to ask any question you want to ask. There's no judgment. But just to start where you're starting and find out a little bit more about this Jesus that you can follow. And we've got an alpha course starting beginning of March here at ABC. And we'd love to invite you. And it's going to be easy to access, easy to get online to, and just a simple way to find out more about what it means to follow Jesus. If you'd like to know about Alpha, simply get in touch with us. Pop us an email or a direct message on social media. Uh, Look out for all the publicity that's around and is coming for Alpha and about how you sign up for that. It's a great way to start your journey of finding out what it means to be a Jesus follower. If you are a Jesus follower already, I want to ask you this, and here's the punchline question for today. I want you to think about, if you remember nothing else, remember this from today. How close are you to your master's footsteps today? How close are you to your master's footsteps today? How much of his dust is settling on you? Are you remembering to stay close to your rabbi? The three hallmarks of following Jesus more closely, knowing God as a lived experience, walking as Jesus walked, and growing in love for people. If we do those things, then we start to walk ever more closely in the footsteps of Jesus. And we want to help with that. That's why we talk around here all the time about taking next steps in the journey of faith. Next steps to get closer to Jesus. And there are loads of Next Steps resources available on our website. If you go to the Next Steps section of our website where you can find out all about those resources But I also want to encourage each of us as we enter into this next chapter of our life together as a church to step up and to be involved. You know, it's been really hard over the COVID season to uh, have uh, as many opportunities as we would have liked for people to get involved in partnership with us around the church. But as the COVID season begins to come to an end, that's not true anymore. And those opportunities to be a part and partner with us are growing all the time. We would love to get back to the opportunity to have our two morning services again, like we did uh, before the COVID pandemic began. We're going to need that capacity because so many people are wanting to join us, which is so exciting. We continue to need all those wonderful people who enable our live streaming and online presence, not just on a Sunday, but all through the week to take place. And our next generations of children and young people are expanding all the time. And by that, I mean numerically, although they are growing all the time as well, of course. You know, and we constantly need to invite and encourage people to join in passing faith on to the next generations. Perhaps one of the the most important things we can commit ourselves to doing. There's loads of ways to get involved and get connected And to be a part of devoting ourselves to this amazing thing that God is building. And those who serve, you know this if you've been on serving teams now or in the past. It's an opportunity for you to grow in your walk with Jesus. 
Actually stepping out and being involved and doing things and coming alongside others is a great way to grow in faith, to walk as Jesus walked. You know, Jesus said this when he was uh, uh, asked about uh, the priority of things and how important he was. He said, I've come not to be served, but to serve. And if that's Jesus, if we're to walk more closely in his footsteps, then we should be serving as he served, serving others in all sorts of different ways. Well, if that's something you'd like to be involved in, get in touch. We can have those conversations and we'd love to have them with you. And all through this series, we're going to be talking about ways we can do that. And finally, if you're a regular part of our community at ABC, a great way to find out more about what it means to be involved and be devoted to this church community is through this church membership thing we're doing. And this week we've got a webinar uh, online and on-site thing happening on Wednesday evening here. And if you're not signed up for that yet, come and, and be a part of that, either on-site or online. Or if Thursday afternoon is a better time for you, you can come Thursday afternoon. We're going to repeat the same thing on Thursday afternoon. If you can't make either of those, then it's avail- it'll be available on a private YouTube video for you to catch up with afterwards and just get into if you haven't had all the information about that and many of you who are regulars with us here will have then please just ask and we can send you all the details but it's all available on our website and on our church suite app and all those different ways so loads of ways that you can get more involved in the next chapter that God is writing here you know through the pandemic as we've prayed together we've sensed God say to us behold I'm doing a new thing. We believe that God has been doing a new thing. We've seen that in miraculous ways over these last two years. But we believe there is even more that he wants to do in and through us. So let's play our part together as we seek to follow Jesus more closely in this next chapter that God is going to write in us and through us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for this amazing church community. Both those who are around here in Andover, on site so many uh, uh, times, and all of those who are part of our amazing online community that we love and we have loved sharing with over these last couple of years. Lord God, thank you for all the chapters that you've been writing in the history of this church. Thank you for the chapters that you have yet to write. Help us to start by seeking simply to follow Jesus more closely. To devote ourselves to him and to his church. And Lord God, I just want to pray for anybody who's been engaging with this today, who perhaps would say, I am still exploring faith. I'm not entirely sure what I believe. I have thought Christianity to be this set of rules and regulations, and that's really put me off. Lord God, I pray that that message we've been talking about today, that the call of Jesus is not to a set of rules and regulations, but an invitation to follow. Lord God, I pray for anybody who wants to make that step today. Give them the boldness and the courage to do so or to sign up for Alpha to find out a little bit more about it. Lord God, help each of us, I pray, to follow Jesus ever more closely, day by day. Amen.